The assigned readings for this year skip over the first 16 verses of Matthew's Gospel, and in a moment, you will see why. But here at Unity, we never cut corners, so here we go. An account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Those crowns better be moving. Son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Aram, Aram the father of Amidadab, Amidadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Rehoboam by the father of Abiah, Abiah the father of Asaph, Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of, ah father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, Amos the father of Josiah, Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Salathiel, Salathiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiad, Abiad the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eliad, Eliad the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathen, Mathen the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seed. You ask the average person on the street, what is the most boring part of the Bible? And nine times out of ten, they're going to say the begats, by which they mean these genealogies that pop up here and there in Scripture, including here at the start of Matthew's Gospel. There are parts of the Bible that we tend to skip over, which make them an interesting choice as a way to start a Gospel. But family histories are important. And if we dig a little deeper into this one, we find some truly juicy tidbits, some incredibly awesome skeletons in Jesus' closet. So, all right, two things about this genealogy. First of all, there are some shady characters on this list. We've got David, a murderer and adulterer. We've got Uzziah. He was struck down by God for his arrogance with lightning. We've got Manasseh, who is widely regarded to be the worst king Israel ever had. This list is full of stories of prostitution, murder, adultery, betrayal, bedroom politics, all manner of pregnancies out of wedlock. So, for any of you whose families are kind of a mess, Take heart. You are in great company. If God can pull salvation of the world out of a family like this, surely God can do the same thing for yours, no matter what your Uncle Larry said at the dinner table last Christmas. Anytime the families that we have feel like families that we're stuck with, just remember this is the kind of family through whom God chooses to save the world. All right, thing two about this genealogy. Did you notice that this traces Jesus' ancestry through Joseph, not Mary? That's interesting, right? When the Bible goes to such great lengths 
to prove to us that Jesus is God and Mary's child, that Joseph had nothing to do with his conception whatsoever, right? So why then? Why trace his line through Joseph? One word. Adoption. He didn't have to. But not only does Joseph stick around with Mary, but he takes Jesus in, steps in for the holy parent, raises him as his own child so fully and completely that the writers of this gospel did not hesitate to name Jesus as King David's heir. So for any of us who have formed our families by non-traditional means, adoption, fostering, second marriages, if any of us have families where friends have turned into family, or if any of us have experienced a group taking us in and making us their own, then know this. Your family is formed in the image of the divine family. It's this huge and holy blessing of the families that we choose. So in my family... My grandmother, Elaine, she's the matriarch of my dad's side of the family. If you've been around Unity a while, you've probably heard me talk about her because she's the kind of person who generates some serious stories. She is a classic Jewish New Yorker, moved to Florida. Has anybody seen Seinfeld? She is Jerry's mom. Like, that is exactly <laughs> her. I know. She says anything that's on her mind, whether you want her to or not. Um, so she's quite a character, but she's always been really good at sticking with the family that you're stuck with. Because uh, we've got some characters in that family, just like her. We've got people who are sometimes not speaking to each other. We've got people who are speaking to you, but maybe you wish that they weren't. Um, we have her sister who kept her dead dog in the freezer. And then, like, we have me, her Jewish granddaughter, who's now a pastor, probably wasn't her first choice for me, but she's always been really good at keeping us, despite our differences, all together. And I appreciate that about her. I appreciate the way that she's kind of the glue for that whole family. But even more than that, what I appreciate her about her is that she's always had this gift for taking strangers and making them part of her family. So, like, I go to the grocery store with her, and she knows the name of everybody who's working there. So she knows Karen. Is she's going to get her bread from Karen in the deli and her fruit from Louise in produce. She knows all of their names. And, like, when my dad was in the Peace Corps, she hosted and fed all of the Peace Corps volunteers who served with him. And when my aunt came out, she was there marching in the Pride Parade way before that was a cool thing to do. And when we were kids and we would go visit them in Long Island... My favorite thing about going to Long Island was that we got to see Tom the mailman, her mailman who collected rubber bands for her so that she could make rubber band balls with her kids. So, <laughs> do you guys not make rubber band balls? <laughs> so fast forward to now, and she's 91, and her husband has died, and um, like most of her friends have died. She doesn't get out that much anymore. She's got an aide who comes in most days. She goes out once a week to get her hair and her nails done and pick up, I kid you not, pizza and bagels. Um, but she's alone a lot if one of us isn't visiting. And you just know that she must miss that 
like that social fabric that she was always, has always been so good at, at creating. So, uh, earlier last week I called her, and she said, Muir, that's what she calls me, Muir, you are not going to believe what I did yesterday. What, Grandma? I went to church. <laughs> what? <laughs> her aide, Denise, took her to church with their family. So, there she is, 91-year-old Jewish grandmother at this tiny Haitian church. The whole service is in Creole, right? Like, not a word of English. She has no idea what's going on. The service lasted for two hours. Denise's husband is playing the drums. There was this fire and brimstone preacher who was screaming from the pulpit. She told me she turned her hearing aid off for that part. So there she is. She's the only white person in the room. She's totally out of place, and she's just loving it. She thinks it is the greatest lark that she's there. Oh, and she brought her nail lady, Ma Bell, with her, because, like, why not? After this two-hour service, they had a huge meal together. And this is, I don't know why this part makes me want to cry, but at the very end, some of the ladies from the church, they packed up a bunch of food, and they sent her home with chicken and ribs and pork and sauce. So anyways, Natalie's going to show us. Here is Grandma Elaine goes to church. <laughs> All those years of welcoming people into her family, and now someone's welcoming her into theirs. Thanks, Natalie. Families are tough and hard and messy and sometimes irreparably so, and that's okay. But anytime, Anytime that crazy, bumpy families are able to come together and like not kill each other and maybe even kind of enjoy each other, that's a good thing. That's a God thing. And anytime after years of feeling like the ugly duckling, like we really don't fit in, anytime we find our people, you know, wherever we find them, the people, the people who they get us and, and they're our people and, and we fit in with them and we belong, that's a good thing. That's a God thing. But anytime we find people who don't get us, who aren't like us at all, but they love us anyway, and they welcome us in, and they let us be ourselves, that is heaven breaking out on earth. So whatever your family reality is this Christmas, receive this blessing. Through the family that we're stuck with, may we experience God's grace. Through the family that we choose and that chooses us, may we experience God's love. And any time we're feeling lost, lonely, or left out, may we know that God chooses us. Always, always, always. Amen. <laughs>